The Liz Calloway Show with Nick Summers, bringing you the voices that make you think right now on Talk 94.5. Yes, my next guest is an expert on artificial intelligence, chief analytics officer of Pioneer Development Group, Christopher Alexander. Good morning, Christopher. Morning. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, we were talking about AI, just, you know, just uh, basically chat GPT type of stuff. But um, I want to talk a little bit about the the bigger impact AI is having on society. Um, I have read an article that you were quoted as saying that AI will change uh, the workplace like we we've seen a change uh, when we went automated back in the 70s and 80s, but it's not the blue collar workers that'll be impacted by AI as much as the white collar workers. Um, tell us a little bit about how AI is coming into play these days lately. Where have you seen it? Sure, I, I was kind of listening to your discussion. Uh, the gentleman was talking about um, not really being able to write a decent script yes. uh, using uh, <laughs> one of them, and 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 it's 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 such a great um exemplar in this right because we're caught between the relatively marginal abilities of ai now and and this future state that presumably will reach at some point but nobody knows when and people kind of combine them together so right now and it, and it goes back to your your script writing problem um <clears throat> uh it's a very good ai capabilities are very good like low-level white-collar workers and um that's really it so if you're culling large amounts of data, if you're doing customer service, if um, you know actuaries, uh, uh, some people are doing legal research, AI is beginning to, to to work to the point where they're becoming much more productive. And so I don't think you're going to see like wholesale, you know, job cuts overnight, but you're probably going to see a lot of hiring freezes as the people who are there continue to get. Uh, more productive as a result of AI tools. That's where it's at now. The future, you know, like something like Elon Musk is talking about, is like a sentient AI that is actually um, able to look at like a blank sheet of paper, if you will, and come up with an idea. No AI does that right now. You tell it what to do and it performs simple tasks. They want to build, uh, when I say they, there's investment money going in. Elon Musk is a big part of that. So it's sort of interesting on the one hand, he thinks Mars will be destroyed and the other he's investing in the thing Mm -hmm. that would be the only thing with a capability like that, uh, or one of few. So, so yeah, there's the future state that is kind of science fiction, and, and we're not near, and there's, you know, trying to just get it to give you a 30-second script and edit it for you. So there's a little bit of a delta. Christopher, I'm wondering, what is the wh- – how is AI being used in military operations, especially as of late? I'm wondering, is there uh, – do you have knowledge of that? I do. I worked with uh, uh, an IARPA, that's the intelligence community's version of DARPA, uh, narrative analysis tool looking at uh, actually it's a Russian propaganda in the Baltic states and, and, and a few things. And so um, the main place they use AI is in uh, low-level white-collar tasks. Uh, for example, AI is really good at scheduling, which is important for logistics. Mm. Um, AI can edit documents pretty well at, at this point. Um, it can collate data, and it's very good at pattern recognition. So for logistics and 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 you know managerial or, or, or clerical tasks in the military, they're already using it, and it is making people much more productive. You get information faster, and it's more accurate. Okay. On the on the intelligence side, um, the most powerful thing AI does is it sort of quarterbacks pattern recognition. So you can take in staggering important. amounts of yes, you can take in staggering amounts of data that a human analyst 
mm-hmm. you know, all but the most brilliant couldn't possibly connect the dots to and see new new patterns and, 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 and new things developing. So it's useful there. And then it's also used for um, autonomous vehicles, the Valkyrie that Kratos Defense has developed. It's part of something called the Loyal Wingman Program at DARPA. What they do is they have three jets fly with one manned aircraft, three un, uh, you know autonomous aircraft, and they are not quite as good as the best Chinese or Russian fighters, but there's three of them. And then there's one human. And so the human pilot then is able to have these drones conduct more dangerous missions without the risk of human life, which also, because the drones are cheaper, means the Chinese or Russians spend more money to shoot down one of our autonomous uh, vehicles than we spend in developing it. So it actually becomes a deterrent factor because it's just expensive to fight the United States. We're speaking with Christopher Alexander. I I wanted to ask you um, in particular about the military aspect of it, because we have heard about many debates. Of, I, I don't know if President Biden has met with um, Chinese President Xi Jinping yet. Um, I, I believe this was at the APEX summit. They were supposed to talk about an agreement. Did they ever talk about that, about restricting art? AI in military applications? So, so there's, there's definitely been diplomatic back and forth, let's call it. I, I don't think, okay. um, I, I'm not sure what's been signed. It's an absolute disaster. The only reason the Chinese want this freeze is because our capabilities are better. So mm. all they're doing is okay. figuring out what they, they'll steal everything that's not nailed down or bolted mm-hmm. down. And then um, they will suddenly say that they've decided not to honor the treaty anymore, which is what they do with virtually everything. everything. Um, so the idea that we would take away a strategic advantage, one that the administration itself has identified with its AI executive order, um, is, is just utterly ridiculous. And it's just part of this pattern of like when President Obama decided we would unilaterally draw down our nuclear stockpiles and mm-hmm. then people would follow our example. I think they've done that in climate treaties. Like, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how to explain this, but uh, the Russians and the Chinese are actually our enemies. So they're not actually going to handicap themselves because we do it. They're going to double down so they have a strategic advantage. Yeah, they're like, sure, sure, cut back and pump the brakes on AI. Yeah, we'll do it. But, you know, they're not. Um, and they're just looking to really steal more information, as as you said. Now, I, I'm wondering, uh, you know, we had heard about the likes of Elon Musk uh sending a letter, an open letter urging AI labs to slow down. Why do you think that happened? Do you think they really are fearful of what nefarious, uh, you know, ways people may come up with using this or it may come become superhuman? That's what they keep scaring us. You know, this reminds me of the pandemic. And I, and I said this before, the pandemic situation with COVID was the worst movie fear ever, right? We go to these movies and we're terrified. This is the other one. This is where machine becomes smarter than us and starts to, you know, destruct the world, <laughs> you know. Like iRobot, Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like, you know, it's just they dreamed it up in Hollywood and now they're telling us that it's true and it doesn't seem like it is. Yeah. So I, I would say um, um, we need to think about the societal impact of another kind of 1970s, 1980s automation where, uh, particularly people who were told, oh, get a degree and get a white-collar job, that's the best bet, now we're out of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that's something we need to think about. We absolutely do, because that's likely to happen. Uh, for, for, for Elon Musk, 
I, I don't know if he stopped investing in these next generation AI projects. I'm just not prone to conspiracies, but I think if you are a smart sort of lobbyist and businessman, in his case, business person, you would, um, I would tell everybody else to stop while I invested in the best game in town. <laughs> yeah. So I, I and, and I, I'm, I'm speculating. I want to make that clear. I have no idea, but it's just, he, he was really putting money into some of these really high end projects and maybe he pulled it out and he's concerned. Now, as for his concern, um, you know, this, you know, there was a, a Star Trek episode I remember watching as a kid <laughs> and they talked about how like in 1988, it was like a spaceship that went to Mars. Mm-hmm. And I remember my parents going, yeah, I guess they thought we were going to do a lot after we went to the moon. And so this next leap forward where you have a sentient AI, you know, some people say it's five years, it's 10 years, but we really have no idea when we're going to create something that replicates the mind of a human being. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think the concerns that it's imminent are a problem. But I would, you know, thinking of Elon Musk's perspective, uh, if you created a sentient being that looked at the, the mess we've, we've made of the planet Earth, I mean, maybe you would, would kind of take us out. I, I, you know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know objectively if we uh, have done the best job, right, left, center, whatever your politics are. So, um, uh, you know, but, but, but I, I still don't know how it's supposed to do that, like when, it, when the, when the when the hive mind decides we got to go, like what it's going to take over. It's, it's kind of bizarre, but um, you know, I, I do think. Oh, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I, I do think the societal impact is, is really important. Uh, job loss. And, and we need to be ready for that. You know, I had seen this, uh, this advertisement looking for people with um, local accents and local dialect, like a New Yorker, you know, a Southerner, you know, they were looking for for AI development so that when people speak into an AI device, it would understand the jargon and the accent. Because sometimes I talk to Siri and she doesn't understand what I'm saying. She doesn't speak New Yorker. You know, I mean, I'm, a, I'm in Myrtle yes. Beach, but I'm a transplant. So sometimes she doesn't understand what the heck I'm saying. But, um, but, but my point is, is that I, I didn't want to participate because mm-hmm. I thought about it for a split second. And then I was like, well, I don't want to participate because... I do feel like it's it's going to infringe on jobs, but I also believe what you say, uh, Christopher, is that it's going to create new opportunities, possibly new new avenues for people. And what's wrong with evolving with the times and technology? We need to, you know, be prepared. Don't you think we should be preparing the kids that are in school today for um path p- taking paths that maybe would lead to an AI proof type of job. I, I, I do. I, I try to get my daughters there at college to listen. They don't listen to me. So um, <laughs> and they're, 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 their school rightly tells them like the AI is not that good. So don't try to cheat with it. Cause I was saying, Oh, but here's how you could, you just like, I don't want to mess with it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I the, the job of the future or, yeah. or, or the skill that people, wherever they are now, should look at is what is kind of what they we're starting to call prompt engineering, right? And you, okay. you've dealt with prompt engineering and not being able to get the script you want, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's, it's how do you get what you want out of the AI? And, 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 and something that's very important for people using any of the existing platforms to remember is the AI is not the arbiter of the truth, right? It's, you know, not that we've settled that matter going back to ancient Greece, what is truth, but what it wants to do is make you happy. So when you ask it to do something for you, it's really going to try to do it. And that is more important than being accurate. That's how we saw like that case in Texas where the AI made up case law for uh, 
some legal research uh, that, that then led to that being banned, I think, in some circuit in Texas and, you know, some of the other spectacular problems that, that, that occur. So it's, it's, it's a lot like a calculator. You know, I made it a point not to study math to the greatest extent possible, but I once said, well, I've got a calculator. And my parents pointed out, well, how do you know the calculator is right? And so I, I think <laughs> you need to realize, realize that with AI, just because it dug something off the internet doesn't mean that the source yeah. is right. and doesn't mean that the black box, algorithm, black box algorithms are correct and, you know, it spools from there. So we you should know, be wary of what it tells us. You, you brought up a point and a lot of people were saying um, that math scores of just recently, there was a, I was watching a report that math scores around the world, not just here, are declining. But I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. I don't think that makes us less educated. What I really think is, is that we're bad at doing math because we have so many crutches to get math done, which makes us more efficient because human nature is to cut corners and to make everything faster and more efficient. We're always doing that in our lives. So I don't really fault the young people of today for having poor scores on math tests. I think they're testing the wrong aptitude when it comes to math. They should be testing something differently because there are children that can figure out how to get online and do all these, download the app and get all around and master the app so quickly. And you may be able to do algebra equations in your sleep, but you can't do what that, you know, seven-year-old just did. So I, I think that the aptitude tests need to change with the times. And maybe that's why we look like we're so deficient. What do you think? Um, uh, well, believe me, I'm not solving algebra problems in my sleep, but I, but I do I appreciate <laughs> your point either way. But, um, I, I do think, um, actually uh, to, to your point, uh, I think we need to focus more on like conceptual math. Yes. Right. Um, and, and, um, teaching people like, you know, uh, you always hear people say statistics was either the, e- either the easiest or the hardest class they ever took. And, um, I failed so, statistics. I'll, so I, I, I managed to avoid taking it at all, but other people told me about it. Uh, I, I, again, I was an anthropology major, but they, um, but, 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 you know, people need to understand how to use mathematical tools because the day is going to come and that's going to be relatively soon where, you know, you're simply in plain language. That's what natural language processing is in an AI. Tell the AI, hey, I'm trying to figure out what percentage of this, right. you know, what is the total addressable market for my product? And um, what would my media spend be to, to, to get, you know, seven touches every month to the customer? Yeah. It's going to figure out how to do that in relatively short order. And that's what people need. It would be good if that, that was encouraged more as, as part of learning about that. Yeah, I, I, you know, like I've really been thinking about it because I've been feeling kind of bad that we're not doing well in math. But I just think it's because we don't need it. It's yeah. obsolete. I mean, we need to know which formula to apply and what tool to use, that would be more important. That, that to me is more, um, you know, useful as you grow older, you're going to need to know, uh, you know, Hey, I, I, you might need to know what the percentages of whatever, but you don't need to actually know how to figure that out. Yeah. I I think you have, you know, professions that require math and and that's where the expertise goes. And, and then focusing people more, um, you know, applying it would be really helpful. Yeah, I can absolutely. guarantee you we're not selling as many Texas instrument scientific calculators as we were in 1980. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> I think they're still 109 dollars. Yeah, well, they, something they, they the were really price. expensive back in 1980, <laughs> and and you could buy them at like Woodward and Lothrop, uh, all these high end stores. But I bet there's 
like barely anybody. I had to go to Radio Shack. What are you talking about? Um, Pioneer Development Group. What is that? So we are the uh, uh, creators of the Liberty blockchain. Uh, We we launched the blockchain to the community. And so we develop applications for it. Uh, A bunch of us were um, in special operations units in Iraq, Afghanistan, elsewhere, and uh, Kind of, kind of reunited years later, and and so our blockchain is is dedicated to a free and open society. I wish I knew what that meant. I'm not gonna lie, sure. I don't so, know what uh, it means. This, this is always the, the painful part of of, of blockchain. Sorry. So, what does that mean? No, no, absolutely. So, um, uh, when you support our blockchain, uh, you run nodes that, that do the crypto equations and all those things. If you remember, that build the blocks in the blockchain, and the applications we build, for example, um, are uh, protect privacy. Uh, we have a historical education app that we're about to roll out that's kind of like Pokemon Go, but but tied to history. So oh. if you're walking by um, a, a monument uh, or, or a place of interest, it'll ping you on your phone. You can learn about it with an AR experience on your phone and I you like can get that. a digital reward for that. So we're, we're gamifying history and we're looking at other things that are dedicated to those principles of a free and open society. Wow. And you make money doing that? Nope. <laughs> uh, the, the, the guy that pays for it still still writing the checks. He's I happy, it. but uh, it's definitely it's definitely new and in development. As, as my dad would say, "But are you making any money? It sounds really good, but are you making any money? It sounds really interesting, and I, I it's way over my head. I feel if I wanted to find out, understand like what this is all about, this blockchain thing. I you know the crypto. It just seems to escape some of us. We don't grasp it. You know quantum physics and solving computer solving mining i don't understand it uh is there a resource yeah well let me point out again as we've established i have no mathematical credentials and i'm involved in it so you shouldn't (laughs) be that intimidated (laughs) but um it it is unfortunately complicated uh that's a big thing that we're working on is 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 demystifying it um but um you know it's a meritocracy and if you dig in you, Mm. you really can learn everything you need about know about it online i mean Coinbase is actually really good about walking you through, and it's, it's relatively easy to get oh, involved okay. in crypto there. Um, Investopedia has actually got a pretty solid um, 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 knowledge base. And I would just say, if anyone's looking at a, a blockchain or a crypto coin, um, you can go to the, 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 that entity, that coin or blockchain's website, and you can read about what they're doing. And if they're building infrastructure and they're building applications on a blockchain, then they are looking to build something for the future. And um, it's worth considering. If you're buying just a coin uh, that's a, what they call meme coins, you know you're speculating, and that could work for you. And 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 best of luck. But um, you should look at the underlying fundamentals because they're very open and they they explain very clearly what they want to do. Okay. Well, Christopher Alexander, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you uh, for answering all my questions, even if some of them were misguided. I appreciate it. Pioneer Development Group. There's a website for this. Pioneer. Yes. D e v g r p dot com. Is that correct? Yes, or LibertyBlockchain.com. Yeah. Or oh, Liberty Blockchain. And you create opportunities for veterans as well, right? We we do uh, many many of the uh, many of us are veterans. Uh, a lot of our team are, uh, are uh, I think the majority of our leadership team are, are combat veterans. Yeah, very cool. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Have a great weekend. Or thank you very much. You too. All right. Thank you.